this is Guardy with Clear Life Combat. Today I get to talk to Charles Bad Boy Baylor. He'll be fighting at Boxing with Termite, Cinco de Mayo Fight Night, live on Clear Life Media Pay-Per-View. You know, call me a couple different names, a bad boy, rude boy, but either way, uh, mostly everybody knows me as Charles Bad Boy Baylor in the boxing ring. Awesome. And you have an event. It's coming up. It's a boxing match in Pasadena, Texas. It's Boxing with Termite on Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's at the Pasadena Convention Center, and that will be on pay-per-view as well, and you can go to Clear Life Media, and it'll be streamed through Facebook, which I'm really excited about. You know, what do you know about that event, and are you excited for that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, man. This is like another, uh, I guess you would say, uh, another door that's opening, another opportunity for me to get out here and, and show the fans and get some new fans, uh, fight in front of my hometown people. I got a bunch of people in Houston that just love to, you know, support me and watch me. So it's just another opportunity for me to get out here and, and fight in front of the, in front of my people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What kind of goals do you have when it comes to your boxing <clears throat> career? Uh, well, for one, I just want to stay undefeated. Uh, two, I want to build a nice career. I want to get some good sponsors. You know, I want it to take me into some more endeavors in life. Uh, you know, a lot of people have different looks. You know, I got a good look that's a lot of people tell me this, whatever. Uh, to do like modeling or maybe even get into like film or something later on in life, which is cool. But I kind of want to just maybe, maybe like kind of model a little bit mm -hmm. and kind of catch some sponsorship money that way or kind of get endorsed here and there, or, you know, just something that's like big time, you know, like, yeah. uh, I mean, you see Canelo and Mayweather, like, you know, people pay them to just make an Instagram post, you know? So, uh, I'm just I'm just trying to take this career and build something with it because out of everything I've ever done in my life, it's always fell back into fighting. You know, I've ran clubs, bars, restaurants. Uh, I've actually part owned in a bar before. And uh, it just always goes back to fighting, bro. Everything, everything that I do is just fighting, fighting, fighting. And boxing is just something that I really love. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just want to be able to build myself to a point where. I can put the kids that are under me on, you know, I have a, I have a crazy story to even talk about for me to even be here today is a miracle. So, um, you know, I have a bunch of kids under me, a, a bunch of unfortunate kids with families that don't really, you know, necessarily care as they should or do what they should to take care of them. And, uh, you know, I've spent 25,000 to $60,000 on these kids over the past five, six years. Um, just trying to make sure they got food, make sure they have a house to, you know, live in, make sure they have clothes on their back that are presentable, not just, you know, random Walmart clothes, you know, don't get me wrong. I wear Walmart clothes all the time. Uh, just because I try to do so much for them, but I just want to be able to take my kids that up underneath me and, and build a platform and then give them the opportunity that I never had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is that important for you to do? Why did you feel the need to start doing that? <clears throat> uh, man, I never had a dad growing up and I never had the opportunity that I needed. No one ever gave me the chance. No one looked at me. I was always written off. You know, no one ever believed in anything I had. No one believed in anything that I did. I was like the kid just sitting there talking. And then after I talked, no one was listening. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, okay, all right, you didn't got to listen to me. I'll just show you. Mm -hmm. I like to speak on my actions anyway. So whatever it is, you know, I'll, I'll just show you later. And then, uh, I was, 
I got caught up, you know, in the bar scene. It, it is what it is. You know, you do a lot of dumb stuff and, you know, the nightlife takes a hold of you. Now you're going down dark roads, you know, mm-hmm. addiction here, drinking, girls, X, Y, Z, et cetera. You know, I don't have to go too too deep into that. You get that point. But, mm-hmm. you know, then I start having to fight these battles and these demons. And I, I've always been super close to God, too. So, like, me being super close to God and being one of his warriors, I've always had, I guess, like, the demon special forces on me, I guess you would say. You know, it's just it's like I've always had, like, a dark cloud over my head on every situation in my life. So uh, I was riding street bikes. I used to ride, you know, street bikes all the time, like motorcycles. And uh, I would do dumb stuff, you know what I mean? I was riding wheelies up and down the highways. Like, yeah, you know, we would it's stupid to say, but you know what I mean? I'd run from cops all the time. Literally, it was like an everyday ordeal. We'd get out there and just, wah, just smoke off, you know, yeah. hit the beltway, like lap, lap in like 17 minutes. Like, we were doing like 150, 160 everywhere we go. And uh, I was riding through the woodlands one time, and me and my friend were doing some dumb stuff, and we were just cruising, you know what I mean? It was just what we were doing and what I was doing in my life was just not what I should have been doing. And I was using yeah. that energy God gave me to do the wrong thing. And he humbled me. You know, I got mm-hmm. hit by a Tahoe. I was doing like 60 to 90 miles an hour. I got smashed. Um, and then I broke countless bones, you know, my yeah. neck, my shoulder, my back, my foot, my hip, you know, all these things. And uh, the doctor told me I'd never be an athlete again. You know, I used to be able to do a standing double backflip, you know, like I used to be doing parkour all the time. I had, relentless energy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was if i would have done what i'm doing now then like the whole game would be screwed up you know what i mean like there no one would be able to even touch me. but right now i'm battling all these all these injuries and i'm trying to get back to where i was which i might never but in that sense i found this boxing gym and uh i ended up getting to a point where i owned uh 49 and uh you know i own the gym i live there me and the girl that i was dating at the time we had a falling out she didn't pay my rent when I gave her the money to pay the rent. So it screwed up our credit, both of us. And then I couldn't get a place to live. But <clears throat> as the biggest blessing that was, I had I was homeless. You know, I could have went home to my mom, but that's just not that's just not a not even an option to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was living at this gym and. Uh, man, I was basically just homeless there, you know, and then it became like a community center for these kids. Cause I'm a trainer as well. I've been training kids since I was about 14, 15 years old. So, uh, it was just, it was like cool to be in there and then start training boxing and to teach these kids how to be like a monster and how to mm-hmm. like have confidence and how to, how to be a good person. You know what I mean? Cause these kids were bad kids. Like we had a, uh, I guess we had a, uh, like a thing with the school to where like after they got in fights and they went to DAEP, like before they went to jail, they would call the gym be like, Hey, you want to take this kid in? We had an afternoon program, which would give um, credits back to their school as like a PE class. So we had a bunch of bad kids that come in the gym. All these kids are fighters. They got bad attitudes. They think there's, there's stuff. Don't stink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything's just, they're trying to, they just, they just got it's not really their bad kids. It's just they don't have anybody to look up to, you know, and then that's where I came in. I was like, hey, I used to be you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, look, at, look at me. Like, I'm nobody. But let me show you what not to do. You know, I might right. not know what to do, but let me show you what not to do. You know, I never had a dad. 
never had this, never had that, whatever, all those excuses, boom. But it's like, let me just try to help you and be the person that I never had so I can make sure that you don't become what I did at 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. You know what I mean? Because it was like, I was doing stuff people don't even do on movies. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is ridiculous. This isn't what I should be doing. Yeah. And the nightlife is just something that can take a hold of you and take you to like the darkest place in the world. So having those kids in the gym, one kid named Seth, uh, man, it breaks my heart. After, after a while, you know, he came in the first day I met him, he started crying to me and he was like, Hey, I don't want to go home. Can I live with you? And I'm like, live with me like bro i can't even take care of myself i want to take care of a 14 year old kid yeah he was like he started telling me a story how his you know his mom would do this and his, they lived in like a single bedroom apartment with like nine kids and they got like a cup of red beans or rice at night like cps type of stuff you know yeah. and i was like oh bro yeah you can stay with me um anyways his mom came up there and he told her that she, he's not leaving. And she said, oh, okay, okay, you want to stay here? Go ahead. You want to stay here? Go ahead. She looked at me and said, oh, you're going to take care of him? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, hey, lady, you got to leave. Like, I ain't, I ain't hearing none of that. Go ahead and get out. If you don't want to take care of your son, I will. You know what I mean? And then, you know, everyone's looking at me like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, my mom, my other coach, my friends, my brother, they're like, what are you doing? You, you don't even have money. Like, you need to get a job. And I'm like, bro, I'm not a nine-to-five type of guy. Like, I'm just not. I know how to run the business better than half the people that own it. So why am I sitting here making you money? Like, it's just whatever. So then I have this kid and uh, it turned into kids. You know what I mean? It turned into like yeah. a community center where I have four kids living with me. You know, I had Seth, I had Cameron, I had Noor, I had uh, Christian that would come in here and there, bounce in and out. You know, just different kids would come in and out the gym, man. And I would just try to be that that relentless light just on their life just to push them in the way that they need to go. You know, I got Seth in uh, homeschool, paid for that, even though school was very difficult for me to learn. I was helping him with school, you know, mm -hmm. and I just I was just like making sure they got food, making sure they got nutrition, making sure they worked out. And I would break them mentally every day, every single day. And uh, I was also going through this, too, because my coach was ex-Special Forces and he was a ranger. So he had these off the wall ways of training that I'd never been through. And I was going to go to the military as a kid, but I ended up getting in trouble. Like I said, I was a bunch of doing stupid stuff. So I got in trouble and then I couldn't go, which I feel is a blessing now in disguise. But I was going through these, these every day at six o'clock, at 12 o'clock, at six o'clock and 12 o'clock, I trained for two hours. So I would train eight hours a day and it was on a clock. So every 6, 12, 6, 12, 6, 12 for like 12 to 18 weeks straight, I would be grinding every two hours, every two, or every six hours, two hour grind, every six hours, two hour grind. I would eat and sleep for like two hours. So I would get these, I would get in that like special warfare, like grind mode. Like I, I would just, they broke me. You know, my coach yeah. broke me. He was like ment mentally exhausted. So like having those kids there gave me fuel and then I got to teach them how to be somebody so that just fueled me you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. that's that's why I really want to build what I want to build and that's why I I can't I can't give up I can't stop 
Like I got to go all the way to the top and I have to build this platform underneath me so I can put them on because these kids are counting on me for life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's not fair for these kids not to even understand what life is about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to even explain it because like there's kids all over the world that are dealing with this, but that's my mission is to help the youth under me see the light and become better. So this world can be a better place. You know, and I want to talk more about that, that goal, the potential of what it looks like, you know, at the end of the day, but something that stood out to me, you were talking about, you know, riding, riding bikes down the beltway, 150 miles an hour, you know, doing parkour, getting into fights was it the adrenaline rush or what is it you think you were looking for man i've always had this like bad boy mentality i guess like my brother used to always tell me like the reason i'm so fit is because i was always in trouble in school and i was always having to do extra work you know i mean he was Mm -hmm. like dude you're just you're ripped up not because you're supposed to be but because you're such a bad kid just to play sports you got to do 200 towel pushes up and down the court just to play the game next week yeah or this week you know and it's like okay i see that and i was just a very i never had that authority in my life to tell me what i can or cannot do and i just got so used to doing whatever i wanted that that was that was like instilled in me like like not saying i don't you know abide by laws and all that stuff but it's like half of this stuff that's going on is like ridiculous like it's just i don't know how to explain it it's not that i'm above the law or better than the law it's just half this stuff it just don't make no sense and if something doesn't make sense to me i don't care it's like you know what i mean so it's kind of like that's just where i was at then mentally i just didn't care about nothing and i didn't me and my brother were talking about the other day i just didn't have i didn't care about consequences you know, and I used to tell my homies when I left the house, like, all right, bro, I love you. Like, you know, da, 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 like, because I was ready to die. Like, I was trying to get to the edge of life so close that I can really see what it's like to live. That, you know, the fastest I've ever been on a bike was 188. You know, I'm cruising fast. And I used to do that all the time. Like, I had a Ducati 999 track bike s it was like a $35,000 bike and we put like $14,000 in mods on it and it would go 215 but I mean that's too fast for me personally I'm not I'm not that good but talking about going fast I was you know I, I could go in and out of traffic like nobody's business pop a wheelie in between two 18 wheelers and not care you know I just right think thinking back I don't even know who that was to be honest like I can't I'm not doing that today like hey Heck no. Like, no. Like, it, it scares me thinking about, it. like, how did I do that? You know, like, um, but it was adrenaline, yeah. And then having that attention that I never got before from all these super hot girls or, you know, all the cool guys that I thought was cool, but now they're looking at me like I'm cool because I'm doing stuff they could never possibly ever imagine themselves doing. You know, I'd be, I would leave the bar. And I would see a cop, I'd pop a willy and he would light me up and I would burn off. And just everyone talking about that the next day would just fuel me. You know, it was yeah. just that attention. Um, me going down the road at 140, 150 miles an hour and then having a cop behind me. And then I just whoop, 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 in and out of cars. And the next thing you know, he's way back there stuck. It's just like a feeling of just like, um, it's like an alpha feeling or so. I don't know what it was, man. It was just. I was just young, dumb, and stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just, I was just out there wilding out. And, um, uh, 
you know, it caught up to me. And that's, that's, that's it. You know, like, uh, there's, you know, when we meet up in person, I'll tell you a, a little bit of a, of a story that's, that I kind of don't want to air out right now. Cause I need to talk to my mom about this type of stuff before I air it out on the, on the radio. But let's just say I was doing dirty work for people and dropping stuff off for people. And yeah, they were, they were paying me really good. I didn't care what it was. I didn't look, you know, and everyone knew that I don't care and I'm not going to look. And I was a hundred percent on my drops, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you need it done. I, I, I work in the bar from, 6 7 p.m till 3 4 o'clock in the morning and then i have clients from 5 a.m to about 5 p.m you know so i was just non-stop constantly working two three jobs training training myself working at the bar so like i was just rotate so much on just riding that bike so many places from the woodlands to houston to houston to sugarland to wherever 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 that in in on the in-betweens i'll just make these drops and like that's that's what kind of fueled a lot of this other stuff is because I never had money. And when you finally get money, you just you just feel like you're on top of the world, you know, and that's what I tried to teach those kids as well. Like, hey, like you're going to get a job, you're going to get a good paying job or whatever, whatever. Or say if you go boxing, like you're going to get some good money coming in soon, you know, but do not let that money take over your life because like you're going to start doing dumb stuff. You're going to start eating crazy. You're going to start drinking. You're going to start partying. You're going to, you know, you have a lot of leeway to do things. And it's like, basically you open up voids and then you got to fill those voids with something. But it's like, if you fill those voids with drugs and alcohol and women and partying, it's going to break you at some point. And then you're going to have this big void of nothing and you're going to feel empty. So you have to feel that with like beneficial, uh, energy you know something yeah. that's going to help you in life you know you can't just be out here wilding out I mean, it's cool to have fun every now and then but you're you're gonna hit a, a point where it's like either you're bankrupt you ain't got no money all your friends are partying still because they're living off someone else's money and you're at home feeling depressed because no one's hitting you up because you don't have any money this week you know that's only that people people are like leeches and like the natural way of a human being is to take advantage of what is in their face. Like regardless if you want to or not, you're going to take advantage of a situation unless you see yourself doing it and you can hold yourself back from doing it. But if you don't know that in between, you're just going to naturally take advantage of people. Yeah. It's like a survival, a survival instinct. You know, it's wired in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's something, something like it, something like that, man. And I just, I've been through that. You know, I've taken advantage of people. I've taken advantage of girls. I've taken advantage of myself. Like, like girls would take me out and buy me food and all this stuff because I didn't have money and I would just take advantage of it, you know, and I would use it for my advantage in multiple different ways. And it was like, ah, that's why I stepped back. And I was like, you know, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. You know, I've seen girls, great women, great girls, you know, great, great girls go into the industry and just get turned out, you know, and just be, just come out of the industry like what just happened to me you know yeah. three years later they're they're on drugs they're drinking too much and now they now they have to get their mind right to go and get back on track on what they were you know people get out of college and they get in the bar industry and they think just because you're making good money it's cool you know but it's like if you do it right you're good you know i used to make money and i go home but with 
with like taking advantage of everything is like you just have to understand that fine line of like riding the fence. You know, you go too far, you're doing too much. You don't go far enough, you're not getting enough. You know, you're going to be getting taken advantage of or you're going to take advantage. You know, it's you got to find that fine line and you got to learn how to say no. You know, you I, I want to ask, master. how did you find fighting? Uh, bro, I was I was an angry, angry child. Uh, I, I, I say it all the time. You know, I, I was the devil was really after my soul as a kid. You know, I, I I believe that super, super strongly because I used to be I would literally run up to people and be like, well, so you got Jesus like, you know, like people be like, you got milk. You know, what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. Like I would go to church camps and stuff and uh, me and my friends were like super cool. We, you know, I was I was raised in in church. But one thing that that kind of threw me off from church is like. For one, my family is so hypocritical. And then two. um Going to church, I would see all these people like shake hands and hug and cry and all this other whatnot. And then afterwards, I would be sitting next to them at lunch or whatever, and they're talking mess. You know, and I'm like, what? This ain't how it's supposed to be. They're talking, they're dogging each other. I'm like, what is this? Like, that's not godly. You're fake. You know what I mean? Like, that's hypocritical. Like, I'm very extreme, too. So when I start seeing things on how it's supposed to be, I'm very how it's supposed to be. And if it's not, I'm very not how it's supposed to be. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain that. But it's like, I would see, like, I, I grew up in, like, a Baptist church. So, like, I would see these people all the time, like, talk, 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 shake hands, shake hands, da 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 And then next thing you know, everyone's talking crap about each other. You know, my own family talks crap about my mom all the time. And it's like, yo, I'm not messing with that. I don't even go to family reunions, family functions. I don't go to Thanksgivings. I don't go to Christmases. I don't care for doing all that. Because I saw how they really treat our family. And it's like, you know, I hope they listen to this, too, because I'm not with that. You know, like I've been biting my tongue for years. I've been wanting to slap these people in their face for years. You know, like like when my brother had uh, gotten Amy pregnant, you know, we were sitting there at, at Christmas and no one even said, like, congratulations. You know, it's like, what are we here? What are we here for? You know, once my grandpa passed away, it was like. Everything's just down the drain, you know. It's like no one cared about us no more. You know, no one cared about my grandma either. So it was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Y'all treat us like the redheaded stepchildren. No against, no, no, uh, no, anything against anybody redheaded. But, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not, <laughs> my bad. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, any, anyways, like, they just treated us bad, you know, not, not, not necessarily like, Horrible, horrible, but like, you know, there was times when my mom would be crying, not even wanting to go to this function. And I'd be like, this is not how family's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. As a kid, I was always, I didn't, I'm not going to say I grew up in the hood, but Trinity was kind of hood. Uh, it's like hood country, if you could, I don't know how to yeah. explain that. But uh, yeah, man, I would be riding the bike to school and just like, I was just, Growing up, you everyone's always picking on me and stuff because, like, the doctors, which doctors are nothing against doctors, but half of them are, don't know what they're doing. And especially if you're prescribing a five, six, seven-year-old Adderall, like, you're ridiculously stupid. This is called methamphetamines. Like, don't give a kid that. Uh, but I was prescribed Adderall as a kid, and I was always geeked out. Like, what is going on? Like, 
every, no one wanted me to go to their their birthdays. No no parents wanted me to come over and all this random stuff that comes with being a meth child, whatever you want to call it. Like, dude, I'm cracked out as a child going crazy. I have no and plus I'm emotional because I have no dad and I'm always asking where he's at. No one can ever answer the question. So I'm always raging out on that. Plus, I'm getting picked on because my growth was spurred or my my growth was like kind of kind of limited, I guess, because I was doing so much Adderall every day. And it was just like people would pick on me. You know, what I mean, I was I was always an athlete. I always had friends. I was always popular, but people would pick on me. You know what I'm saying? And I would I would always let that energy get to me. You know, sometimes I'd come home and be super emotional um, and I would just go outside and punch the tree until my hands bleed or you know and I was in my mom put me in karate and uh hopefully I find this guy I haven't talked to him in so many years his name's uh Mr. Opernuncier he used to be able to jump up and do a backflip and scrape his feet on a 12-foot ceiling and come back and land on his feet like Spider-Man uh he was a he was a karate like world champion like three four years in a row uh, but he he was doing like Muay Thai and karate and I was learning all that. And as a kid, I was always sparring with people that were like my brother's age. Mm-hmm. But I never liked karate because it was points. You know, you hit someone, you got to stop. And I was like, no, I want to beat them up. Like, yeah. So th- that's when I got into like Muay Thai and I started going kind of on my own. And uh, that's, you know, is Muay Thai was like really, really what opened a lot of doors for me. But then a lot of my coaches didn't want me fighting outside of, outside of training. Um, so that's a lot, that's a lot of thing. I didn't tell kids in high school or middle school or none of that. It's like, like I would get in these situations where I was about to fight and then they would just be in the back of my head. Like one, my mom is absolutely relentless, like not playing that game Two, I'm not about to hear it from my coaches either, you know? Um, so either I would get in trouble with the coaches and then I'd get in trouble with my mom. So it's like, I'm not even going to fight. My mom always told me though, if someone punches you, beat them up bad, mm-hmm. you know, like don't, don't let anyone ever, ever do anything or harm you. And uh, so that, you know, it's just, I would always be in those positions where like people would pick on me and I would just have so much anger built up and pent up aggression that I had to do this. And it was like my calling too. Like I used to watch the matrix in slow motion. You know, I've watched, uh, every every anything and everything was just action movie i was like i used to want to i used to dream of being a super soldier you know i'd run forever i would i would fight all day long you know i'd fight my brother and all his friends which were five six years older than me and they would gang up on me too like it would be like yo i'm the littlest kid out here and y'all gang up on me um but we had a trampoline too so having a trampoline kind of stems fighting you know we would be yeah. on the trampoline and I'd get my mom to go to Walmart back in the day and we'd buy those WWE belts and just somehow, some way, like from the back patio to the, to the trampoline was like this walkway. So my brother would take the boom box out and then we would like do little walkouts. Like we were in the WWE and then we, but we would really fight and we would really do stuff. We would try to throw each other off the trampoline, like King of the Hill type where you had to, mm-hmm. um, had to tap. So I've just always been stuck into fighting and I've, fighting has always been like slow motion to me. Uh, until I actually started going pro in boxing, I feel like I'm moving in hyperspeed, which I need to slow down and kind of just take it moment by moment, step by step. But uh, as a kid, man, I when we got in a fight, like I would see your punch coming in slow motion. I would just whoop, bow, 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 
you know, or whatever. And, um, man, fighting is just, it was always what I was naturally best at 1 million percent. Like I had instincts to know what to do, when to do it, why to do it, you know? And I, I, I've gotten jumped and beat up, you know, but, you know, knock on wood, like out in the streets, I, I really never caught a, a, a bad whooping, you know, like other than just being jumped, you know, and being jumped, you're mm-hmm. fighting five people, you know, I'm not really, I, I'm not Superman, but uh, I used to always go to shenanigans too. I don't know if you know where that's at, out in Huntsville. Uh, it's like a bar club thing beach club whatever but mm-hmm. they used to have teen night and uh man i was in teen night every tuesday and teen night just stemmed because you got all these kids growing up from all these different places coming to one spot you know and i was like this pretty boy trying to get the girls or whatever um and also being from trinity everyone hated you doesn't matter where you went everyone hated you I, we were everyone's rival I mean, I would get jumped in the bathroom for no reason. I'm like, who are you? Like, who are, why are you just, why are you trying to punch me? Like, what? You know, our, our windows of the bus would get broken. And like, everyone hated Trinity. And they would be talking about how we don't have no teeth and everyone's meth heads. Like, there's a lot of drugs out there, but there's a lot of good people too. So it's like, it is what it is. Like, um, but we had rivals in every city. Every city we played was our rival. So Groveton, New Waverly, Corrigan, uh, Crockett, all of them, any, anything, um, anywhere we went, it was like a fight. So I just naturally just had this, this fight in me. Plus that's just kind of where and how I grew up. Uh, I don't know, man, just fighting has always been it for me. And, uh, I've always said that I'm going to make my way with this, that, and, uh, my mom used to always drop me off and be like at school. She'd be like, what are you going to do? Pay for everything with your looks. And I'm like, watch one day I will, you know, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, she would always make those jokes and I'd be like, I'm for real. Like maybe, you know, I'm going to like, whatever. And she's like, okay, whatever. I'll see you later. Uh, but yeah, bro, just fighting has always been it for me. Naturally, just that's what I, that's, that's just always been like deep rooted inside of me. Like I've always had that urge to just fight. I was like a demonic child. Like any, like people would say something to me, I would punch you right in your face. I didn't care if you're, 55 25 16 or 10 like we're fighting uh well now you, now you can do it in the ring now you can do it in the ring yeah <laughs> now i need to i need to stay out of the streets man it's right. like everywhere i go to it's like i don't know what it is if i just look like this person that just wants to fight which i don't i don't care to fight i just want to go have a good time anywhere i go anything i do someone's trying to fight me somehow some way i'm like yo what is this everywhere it doesn't matter what it is like i'll go somewhere and just hang out and the next thing you know someone's walking up to me i'm like i don't know if you're just insecure my guy or what but chill and then after after a certain point i just don't care and i will let go but for the first five minutes of the situation i'm not trying to fight i'm like trying to de-escalate the situation so yeah um but yeah man i guess i just got that look everyone that was always trying to fight me too and i just I don't know, man. It was just, it just, it just is what it is, I guess. Like, I was just meant for this. You know, I, I want to ask. So, just a reminder if you're just now joining us, I'm talking to Charles Bad Boy Baylor. He'll be fighting his boxing with Termite Cinco de Mayo fight night 
Live Boxing Pasadena Convention Center, also available on pay-per-view through Clear Life Media. If somebody comes to this event, maybe they've never been to a, a boxing event or had the opportunity to see you fight, they watch you fight, what can they expect to happen in the ring? Oh, man, it's going to be fireworks always. Uh, one thing about me, my coach always says is like, I have that animal instinct inside me. Like I'm, I'm a just true monster. Like when it comes to it, like, and I believe this truly, like, I don't care if my nose is on the side of my face gushing blood. Like you're not going to stop me. There is no stop. There is no quit. I am relentless. I don't care who it is, where you come from, how big or how bad or how much better than you, you're going to have to beat me. 100%. You will have to beat me. You can have better boxing skills. But guess what? I'm going to eat that punch and I'm going to eat that next punch and I'm going to hit you hard. I have pain, purpose, and passion behind every single punch. When I hit you, you're going to know I hit you. And you're going to talk to your grandkids about that fight that we had because I'm going to punch you so hard, you're going to feel it for the next week. And I tell people all the time, like, one thing I don't do is play around. Like, you don't play in this sport. I've seen kids die. I've seen people, like, get really, really hurt. You know, you look on Instagram, there's people that – that God forbid, you know, like they're in the hospital dealing with brain injuries. Like this is not a sport to play. And coming from a Muay Thai background, if I took a step backwards, it was to take a front kick forward. You know what I'm saying? So I I have this just natural, hey, I'm coming forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I need to work on my skills. But for anyone out there that's, that's waiting to see me fight, just know that when I come out, for one, I'm putting on a show because I know that y'all are paying y'all's hard-earned money to come and watch me fight. But two, I'm going for the knockout every time. I'm not worried about the judges. I don't care about judges. They're all fake. They're all they're, they all the liars. They're cheaters. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing all that. I'm not. I'm not even letting the judges score me. I'm taking this in my own hands, and this is going to be in my hands. And it is judgment day for whoever gets in that ring. Like it, I'm not playing with nobody. So if you want to come and watch? It's gonna be. It's going to be fireworks. Do you know anything about your opponent that night? Uh, No. He's got like 12 fights or something. Not really too worried about it. It is what it is, you know. Uh, you know, I'll tell him to his face. You know, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. I'm nervous for every fight. You know, I don't want to get humiliated or embarrassed or anything like this. I don't, you know, in my second fight, I got hit with a headbutt and then an overhand. And I was on, the, I was on my back. And I was like, and I didn't slip. I didn't fall. Like, I got knocked down. And, uh, but one thing about me is I'm going to get up. And I don't care. Like I said, if my nose is on the side of my cheek broke, I'm going to click it back into shape and I'm coming right back. Cause if you hit me once, I'm going to hit you 10 times. And then you're going to stop hitting me because you're going to get hit so many times that you're not even going to want to hit me because I'm going to break you mentally. Like, when I look at a person, I don't see just a person. I see like the, the easy spots, the, like, I see like the, the, the sweet spots, like, like your biceps or your triceps or your stomach, or, you know, I'm not trying to hit you in the bony areas. I'm trying to hit you where it's going to hurt. And also when I see a body, I see it like a bottle of water. You know what I mean? Like if you look at a bottle of water and a human body, like put them right next to each other and try to like morph them together. Now, if I, if I hit you with this natural, like spirit, energy or whatever like say if i punch you it's like a sword right mm-hmm. and i just stab you and i stab you and i stab you and i stab you that's my punches well if i punch you and stab you enough that water and that mental energy is going to drain out of you and that's what i'm doing my mental energy will never ever be broke i don't care 
I don't care if I get hit. I don't care if my ribs get broke. I don't care if my jaws broke. I'm going to finish this fight, and they're going to have a dog battle. Like, it's going to be a all-out war. I'm ready to go to war. Like, God forbid anything ever happened to me, but, like, I'm, I'm willing to die in that ring. My coach is going to have to pull me off or pull me back or throw the towel before I give anything up. So, like, there's just too much on the line. Like, this guy is just going to have to beat me, you know what I mean? And if, if you can't and you don't have the skills and you don't have the mental energy and the heart and then that, that lion inside, you're not even going to come close. So, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm never worried about anybody. Uh, I, I am nervous. I'm always nervous. And I get to the point where like, it shakes me sometimes. Like when I think about it, my hands will sweat. My armpits will start sweating. I'll, I'll get like frantically like anxious, you know, but that's when I get up off the couch and I go run five miles, 10 miles or until I feel like giving up and then I shadow box. And then I just make sure I do my work. You know, one thing about me is I, I, I'm a workhorse and I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, hard work beats talent, but when talent works hard, like you're screwed. Like there is, there is, you're not going to, you can't beat talent that works hard. You can't. So I'm not really worried about anything. I'm it. Like I'm worried, but I'm not worried. Like I have supreme confidence in myself, but you always get to the point where, you run through these scenarios. And one thing about my mind is it's a million miles an hour, dude. Like I see so many things happening in every second. Like, like it's like, like it's like a flash of a, of a clipboard, just boom, like all these different things that could happen and just run through my mind. But then I got to realize, and that's, I'm, I'm like super real with myself. So I don't, if I don't put in the work, I'm not going to have confidence, mm-hmm. but that's why I have to put in that work and I have to go overboard. And my coach always has to pull me back. Always. He's like, dude, you're working too hard. You're doing too much. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're going to break yourself down. Like, dude, I'll get to wait tonight. Honestly, bro. If I, if I needed to get to wait right now, I would go run until I'm on wait. I don't care. Like, there is no stopping me. I don't care. You can ask anybody in this town that knows. I've ran for 32 hours straight on, on Instagram. I've hit a bag three minute rounds with one minute rest for 36 hours straight. I'm, I don't care, bro. Like I'm not saying I got crazy confidence or uh, crazy cardio, but when it comes down to it and when I'm emotional and when things are hitting, bro, I can run 11, 12 miles at a five fifty pace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I can do crazy things. You know what I mean? It's just, are you tapped in? And one thing I, I'm going to tell any fighter that's going to fight me later on in life, don't do that talking crap stuff. Like, don't don't be in my face doing that random disrespectful stuff. Because if you piss me off for real, like, bro, you got a rude awakening. Like, you might as well just shake my hand and be like, hey, let's have a good fight. You know what I mean? Don't 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 do all that extra stuff for the camera. Like, we ain't. I'm not here for that. You do that, you gonna get it, and you gonna get it for real. Can you talk about what your goal is? You know, working uh, working to reach you know the goals that that you have, but I guess also for the for the kids and stuff that you that you help and you work with, like what does that look like ideally for you? Like what would you like to achieve for them? Okay, so uh, you know, I, I want a gym again. You know, I've been looking for investors, uh, but a lot of the investors I talk to, they want too much and they don't want it's like, where's my money at? You know what I mean? Like I'm the one doing all the work. Like, cool, it's your money, but like I'll pay you back. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll even give you part percentage of what I got. But I'm not, 
I need a, I need a gym so I can, for one, basically house these kids and then teach them how to coach, teach them how to fight or whatever they want to learn. Um, then also I need to get money so I can put on these promotions so I can give the kids what they need nutritionally wise, you know, uh, get them a car or get them in school or whatever it is. Excuse me. And then I really want to get a promotion company so I can put fights on. And that's what I'm working on right now too, is like, you know, one day soon, uh, hopefully I can come up with my own promotion company and put my own fights on so I can put my fighters on. Cause I'm a, I'm a coach as well. And another, another big time, uh, goal of mine is to be fighter and coach of the year in the same year. You know, I got some nasty, nasty fighters under, you know, like I got golden glove winners. I got undefeated fighters. I got, I got fighters in like five different States. You know, I fly to DC, Virginia. Uh, you know, I got a fighter in, uh, in Phoenix right now in Arizona, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got fighters in different areas and I'm not just a coach and I'm not just a fighter and I'm not just a bartender or some random guy. Like I'm, I'm an anomaly. I'm anything and everything I need to be at any moment. Like that's, it's like, I'm a secret weapon in any way. So what I just, I just want to be able to get to the point where I can be financially stable enough to create this funnel or this platform so I can speak on it for one and then hear people and get more people to help me help them. Cause I don't, I don't care about money, man. I've never cared about money. You can ask anybody I know, like, I don't care. My Western union popped up today. I have over $25,000 that I sent on, you know what I mean? It's like, damn, $25,000. I could use that, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like stuff like that. It's like, I don't care about money. I'm really for the youth. I'm really for helping these kids under me. And I, that's just what I want to do is build this, this platform, be the coach, be the fighter, be the guy that's out here. You know, maybe I get a movie role or maybe I get a modeling gig or some cologne or something and they pay me pretty well. That money's going straight back into this. That, that money's going to make sure these kids got food. That's making sure one of my kids don't go back in the streets and start doing dumb stuff. You know, like, these, these kids, uh, they'll, they'll be doing good. They'll be doing good. And the next thing you know, they're smoking and they're drinking again. And they're hanging out with these random girls that don't have no futures. And you're like, bro, come on. Like, I, but it is what it is. You know, kids will be kids. I, I was that way too. So I just want to have the, the platform and the financially fine. I want to be financially freedom to really do what I say I'm going to do instead of talking about it so much, you know, cause it's like, you talk to a kid and you talk to a kid and you talk to a kid and then they don't see it. They ain't going to, they ain't going to believe you, you know, or they're just not going to stay tapped in their attention spans like 35 seconds. So it's like, I got to make sure I keep them locked in, you know, like I want to make, I want to create millionaires. I want to mm -hmm. create winners, you know, like in life, not just in a boxing ring. And that's what a lot of these kids tell, tell me is like, Hey man, like, You've helped me in so many ways, like not just in boxing, but like, like in life. Now I see like what you mean by be the best possible, this, that, and the other, like do more, you know, get there early, be the first one in, be the last one to leave. Like you'll get a raise real quick. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff like that. So, um, man, I just like the goals in my, my eyes, like for one, I've always had this hundred million dollar dream. Like 
I will, regardless of what anyone says, I don't care. A hundred million is coming. And that might not even be salt to the pepper. Like it, that might not even be it. Like I'm trying to do big, big, big stuff, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to just change a lot, you know, just mm -hmm. change so much to where it's better. Like a lot of these old heads out here think they're doing it the right way. You ain't doing it the right way. You wasting time, you wasting energy and you ridiculous. Like, come on, like get with the program. Like there's better ways to do things. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I just want to be that person that can, that can take the hand down and help my wolves up. You know, they always say the wolves that are climbing to the top of the mountain are always hungrier than the wolves on top. But there's another saying that goes along with that. And it's like, but the wolves on top that help the wolves up stay hungry as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you just got to be able to keep pulling people up. If you just get up top and you just think this is cool, then yeah, you're not going to be hungry. You're probably going to get a little thick by eating T-bone steaks and mashed potatoes every week. You know what I mean? Right. That's not me. I'm trying to take the money that I get when I get on top and I'm trying to build a new mountain. You know what I mean? And then pull everybody up to where I was so I can be on top top. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I want to be a legend. Ever since I was a kid, I want people to talk about me for hundreds, thousands of years. So that's, that's you know what I mean? I'm just trying to build this empire so I can actually make a difference. I'm talking to Charles Bad Boy Baylor. He's going to be fighting Cinco de Mayo fight night, boxing with Termite. It's live boxing in Pasadena at the convention center. It's also going to be streamed live on pay-per-view around the world from Clear Life Media Charles, is there anything else that you would like to share today? I know we're going to bring you back and get you in studio before Cinco de Mayo, but is there anything else you want to share right now? Uh, just that I'm going to put on one hell of a show, and uh, my walkout is going to be it's going to be for the people. So just know Cinco de Mayo, I'm going to do it for Cinco de Mayo, and uh, my gear, my fit, my walkout, everything is going to be lit. I hope you all enjoy it.